Hello and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name's Lucy Gilman. I'm Deputy Editor at B2B Marketing and I'll be your host. Joining me today, we have Becca Chambers, Senior VP of Global Brand and Communications at Aludo and Harry Webster, Associate Director at Champion Communications. In today's episode, we're taking a deep dive into the trials and tribulations of measuring PR in B2B. We'll also explore some of the key findings from Champion's recent study, B2B PR for Growth. So first things first, Becca, welcome to the show. Could you just tell us a bit about yourself and your role at Aludo? Hey, yeah, I am happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I am, as you said, uh, SVP of Brand and Communications, which means that um, I run um, everything that has to do with our Aludo brand and our um, subsidiary brands, which include companies like Parallels and Corel Draw and Mind Manager and WinZip. Um, and that includes all of the PR and communications functions. So um, yeah, keeps us really busy with lots of brands to manage and lots of reputations to keep track of. Amazing. And Harry, same question. Could you tell us a bit about yourself, a bit about Champion and a bit more about the research we'll be talking about today? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Harry Webster, an Associate Director here at Champion Communications. And um, Champion is a PR consultancy with a bit of a difference. So our USP is um, that we do PR to help our B2B technology clients grow. And that is different because I think the common perception of PR is that it's for awareness, it's for reputation. And the tangible link between PR and sales is often missed. And so, you know, everything we do is about how can we help our clients grow? What is the growth objective that the client's trying to achieve? And how can we use PR to accomplish that growth objective? The reason we decided to do this research was based on three hypotheses. The first one was that B2B businesses don't really know why they do PR. So we wanted to find out why are you doing PR? Is it because you see it as a sales enablement tool as we do? Or is it because of awareness, engagement, those kind of things? So we wanted to understand why are B2B businesses doing PR? Secondly, we wanted to understand if they don't know why they're doing PR, how are they measuring it? What metrics are they using? And then lastly, we wanted to understand how are those metrics and how is that measurement being perceived by the board and the CEO? You know, How is that being sold upwards? What is the perception of PR within a business? So those are the three things that we've been trying to uncover within the research. And we've spoken a lot about how you can drive growth with PR throughout this series with Champions. So make sure you check out all our other episodes on that. But as I said at the start, we're here today to discuss measuring PR. So Becca, nice and simple to start off with. Why is it so important to have a solid strategy for measuring PR? How does it compare to other marketing tools? Is it harder, easier, somewhere in between? Well, I think first, um, important that I mentioned that I don't think any PR comms marketing campaign should be measured in a vacuum, right? Like it's all part of a more holistic approach and none of those things will work in a vacuum. That said, you do want to understand how each of the pieces of any campaign that you're running, um, how each of those is, are performing. And that's when PR measurement comes into play. Um, and I do think measuring PR is harder than measuring a lot of other marketing functions because it's not as simple as how many people opened this email and did they click on a link in the email and did that lead to a sale, right? Because it might have to be um, many more steps than that. And the overall success of PR might not be measured immediately. It might be measured over time. 
Um, so when you're talking about measuring PR, you have to look at the campaign specific measurement as well as the overall success. As I said, over time, that might be a month, that might be six months, that might be a year, it might be five years. Um, and they're not the same thing. So you can have a massively successful campaign that doesn't move the needle for the outcomes of the business, or you could have a total flop of a campaign, but your overall PR efforts are making an impact. Um, so from my perspective, I guess saying you can't measure PR is an excuse to just do activities that feel like PR, but might not actually drive value. Um, so PR and comms teams have to look at what are the business goals of the company and then create tangible um, and customized ways to measure those activities against the goals of the business, which sometimes they can be very measurable, um, you know, link backs to um, your website. Um, but other times they can be softer indicators, right? Like are, um, are your media efforts and thought leadership efforts contributing to getting more um, executive placement on podcasts or events or things like that? So um, all this to say, yes, PR is harder to measure than other marketing activities, but it do, you do need to figure out ways to measure it, A, and B, they need to be aligned to your overall business objectives and part of a broader holistic communications and marketing plan, because I don't think any of these things can be successful by themselves in a vacuum because they're all additive and build on each other over time. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good good answer. Um, and one of the reasons I was very excited when Becca said yes to this podcast is from the work that we do together. I know that Becca, the work that you do at Aludo, you really understand that um, things need to be integrated. You need to join the dots. You can't just you can't measure things in a silo and expect to see business value from that thing. So I know later we're going to talk about things like social media and SEO, but the key is. Everything is part of the story. PR is part of the mix. Um, and I think one of the reasons why PR is so much harder to measure than, um, as Becca said, an email campaign or uh, you know, downloads to a white paper is because it's not instantaneous. And so you know, if you're looking to demonstrate the ROI and how something contrib contributes to business value, quite often you're looking for something that's instantaneous. So, okay, you know, 100 people downloaded this ebook great, that's, that's your inquiries or your M MQL sorted. You can't really do that with PR. So I think part of the problem that PR has is that when you're reporting it upwards, um, there needs to be an understanding that it's not a one and done thing. And the most effective PR campaigns and the most effective PR programs are things that are done over a sustained period of time. Now, as we get into this, you know, there are some ways that you can measure PR in a more instantaneous way. Um, but the key to it is communication. You know, what are the business goals and how is the PR program going to contribute to that over a sustained period of time? Yeah. And I think just to put a fine point on that, I have been asked in my career and, you know, many times in my career, what does this one piece of thought, how does this one piece of thought leadership drive revenue, right? How much revenue does this thing that you've created um, drive? And I don't, have an answer to that, right? I will never have an answer to that question. And I think that is very frustrating for um, a lot of people who are used to saying, okay, this activity will drive X amount in revenue. And that's just not always the case. And ROI isn't always revenue. For comms and PR, ROI can be measured by things like 
obviously brand awareness and brand sentiment, but also employee retention and employee engagement and your ability to hire other talent or um, your relationship with your partners and other things like that, that are very important, but less tangible as far as measurement. So I think um, that's important as far as, you know, what is the ROI on this? It's not always just revenue. I think jumping off that, issue around ROI is one of the really interesting findings from the research is that just under half of senior marketers confess to using instinct or anecdote when it comes to measuring PR. But despite that, 66% think that their measurement strategy is extremely accurate. So Becca, why do you think that marketers rely on these really flimsy metrics? Is it down to that difficulty around finding ROI and revenue? And why do marketers think that these why do marketers think instinct and anecdote is an accurate way to measure PR? Well, I think it goes back to what we oh, it goes back to what we said, where not all PR metrics are directly measure quantifiable in the ways that people would like to quantify them, right? So I think having the kind of intangible goals is one of the quote problems that we encounter as PR professionals, and then that problem can then kind of um, build on itself over time if you're not a strategic PR person. So if you're not looking at your business goals and adjusting your PR strategy to reach those goals, your intangible, unmeasurable kind of um, indicators, they don't really matter unless they are aligned exactly to your business goals. For example, let's say my company is trying to hire more. My thought leadership should be out there doing things that draw people to my website, to my culture blog, to my hiring pages, right? Like those should be the outcomes that I'm driving towards um, rather than, you know, product PR, if that's not the goal that I have. Um, so I think the intangibles uh, themselves lead themselves to people thinking um, that, PR can't be measured, and then PR people feeling the need to um, prove their ROI. So they'll just do a lot of activities and then report against things that might not actually matter. Does share a voice um, matter if you're a small company and your main competitors are Microsoft and ServiceNow? Share a voice probably doesn't matter that much in that case. So maybe that's not the metric that you should be using. But there is a lack of standardized metrics in PR, um, or there is an overabundance of me uh, metrics like share of voice or number of media hits that might not actually matter. So I guess um, my point in all of this is you need to find the metrics that matter to report against your company's business goals, because then, then there isn't a vacuum of unknown. Then you are saying, you know, our business goals are hiring. Um, this many people uh, were drawn to our hiring and culture pages from the media that we've um, secured over the past three months. And this many people have shared on social and these many people came from social media. I just think that the imperative for us as PR pros to understand, you know, how do we get the data that we need to prove that we're driving the outcomes that our business wants us to be driving um, is where we need to be, not just saying, here's all the activities we're doing and here's some numbers that are associated with them because that doesn't necessarily mean anything or it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you're driving outcomes. Yeah, I think, I think one of the interesting things, Lucy, when you ask the question, I'm going to call you out a little bit here. 
you said flimsy metrics like instinct and anecdote. And I think that is symptomatic of, of where we are in the B2B world where everything needs to be numbers. Everything needs to be data driven. You know, how many times do you see things about data driven decision making? Well, you know, from my experience, I can't think of many times I've, I've um, get, sent a sh- share a voice report to a client and they've gone, wow, this is great. This is going to inform our strategy for the, you know, the next six months. That's never happened. So actually, I think those generic metrics like share of voice, they're the flimsy ones. Anecdote, on the other hand, when I first saw this stat, I was like, oh, that's shocking. They're using anecdote. And then I realized some of the best campaigns and some of the best um, measurement and evaluation we've done on campaigns has been anecdotal. So we quite often speak to the sales teams of our clients and we ask them, you know, how have you been able to use this coverage? Have you even seen the coverage? Most of the time they haven't seen the coverage. So that's one hurdle to overcome. Um, how have you been able to use this coverage? Uh, have you shared it with any prospects? Have you shared it on LinkedIn? And what reaction has that got? You know, has this coverage helped you to nurture a sales conversation? Have you shared it with a prospect on LinkedIn um, and then been able to book in a call? And actually, quite a lot of the time, you can get some really good anecdotal evidence from that that supports that supports your campaign. Um, so I think it's so I think one of the challenges is this sort of desire for everything to be written in number form, and it's all about uh, quantitative data, but using anecdotal evidence, if you're asking the right people, you know, you're asking the sales team, you can get some very tangible metrics that relate um, the the output of PR to growth. Uh, so it's just about flipping that mindset, you know, it doesn't all have to be about quantitative data and anecdote and qualitative data can also be a really useful metric and, and means of measuring a PR campaign. I actually think that's a really important point and something I hadn't really thought about because obviously anecdote matters, right? Like, um, here's one, just a recent anecdote from um, Aludo with our CEO. So we crafted um, a message, you know, using um, one uh, using our CEO's thoughts and linking to some of her thought leadership. We crafted a message that she posted on LinkedIn. Um, that message was shared, amplified. Somebody on LinkedIn saw that and invited her to a podcast and she spoke on that podcast. And then that podcast has now lent itself to a bunch of other thought leadership initiatives that we can use and to create content with and other social media. How would I quantify that if I was trying to quantify that? Like that is just an awesome anecdote of how our thought leadership initiatives and how this kind of holistic strategy um, is creating momentum. I couldn't just put a number next to that because it wouldn't tell that story. Like anecdote matters when you're talking about how all all of these things play together um, and how to measure kind of the effectiveness of this. Without the anecdote, you don't have the color around um, like the impact that it's really having. So I think that was a good point, Harry. Yeah. And and going back to the start of the process, um, you know, if you think of why do we measure things, we measure things firstly to, um, to see how they're generating business value. But also we measure things so that we can learn how can we do this better in the future. And I think sometimes the best way to do that is for anecdote. You know, if you going back to the example I said about sharing things with the sales team and asking them questions, um, they're the guys that are quite often on the front line of sales conversations or on the front line of prospect conversations. So if you share PR content with them and they share it with prospects and you don't get you know good anecdotes, they tell you that it hasn't worked or it hasn't resonated, 
then the next obvious question is to say, okay, why hasn't this worked? And what could work better? What questions are your prospects asking you? Um, and then next time you do a campaign, make sure that the campaign is tailored to answer those questions or it's, it's prospect centric and it's speaking to the challenges that your, your target audience has. That can be quite impactful. Again, I hate to keep banging on about share of voice, but if I just said, okay, this didn't achieve the share of voice that we wanted, how are we going to do better next time? It's kind of guesswork. Whereas if you're getting those anecdotes and saying to the sales team, you know, how could we improve this? What messaging should we be using? Um, then you actually have something that's quite useful. Yeah. And also share a voice is very like, you know, maybe my competitor had a massive announcement that month. And so like share a voice doesn't say anything about your message necessarily, right? Like it's could be impacted by a ton of external um, influence versus what you're saying is really like, how can I change what I'm doing to make it more impactful and better rather than just hoping that the external um, yeah. environment isn't doing things to me, gives you more control over your program and your strategy. Yeah. And, and share a voice also, you know, it doesn't say if it's positive or negative. So someone could have a really high share of voice, but it might be because um, their CEO has quit or they've gone bankrupt or yeah. It could be for any negative reason. Working in cybersecurity for more than a decade, I would say, often share a voice is just because, you know, there's breaches in the news and that's not great news. Yeah, I was going to not bring that up, Becca. <laughs> yes, it's, it's all right. I don't work in cybersecurity now, so you can call me out. I think that's really interesting about the importance of anecdote and as much as I hate that, I've now become the poster girl for how much B2B marketers are obsessed with numbers. <laughs> it is a really interesting way to look at it. But I want to kind of move back to the research and talk about some of the metrics that survey respondents were asked to talk about when it comes to measuring PR. And the most popular metric is social media engagement at 47%. So Becca, how does social media come into play when measuring PR? Why is it so popular? And is that a misstep or is that the right move? Yeah, well, social media is not PR, right? Like social media is a vehicle or a, um, a tool by which you can amplify your PR efforts. So I think it's important when people that that people understand that. And I think communications people understand that, but often people outside of the communications group don't understand that these things are not exactly the same and that a social media strategy will be separate from a PR strategy, although they will be, um, you know, linked to each other, of course, and complementary. Um, if you're just using social metrics to measure PR, you're not, um, you're not measuring your PR. However, Social metrics do help inform your PR efforts as far as um, real-time feedback, right? Like Harry was talking about how we always, we have this like need for instant gratification and instant ROI. Well, social media engagement can help you gauge the immediate impact of your PR efforts. So what messages are resonating, right? Which messages are not resonating? Back to Harry's point about um, getting the customer's feedback, you can see the audience is reacting in real time to your content. So you can get additional context um, that you wouldn't have just by having um, your, you know, piece of media coverage out there. So um, obviously it allows you to increase your, um, your reach and visibility as well. Um, if you have a solid social program, um, you can, you should amplify everything that you're doing um, on the PR side through your social channels. 
because it doesn't just, it, it increases your reach, um, the audience reach beyond those who are consuming the media that you're in, but it also can create um, new channels for um, uh, trust and authenticity. Say you have your, if you, if you have a social program, you should have um, uh, an employee advocacy program as well, where you are using um, your messaging to craft social for your employees to share, because that can drastically increase the reach of your, um, of your media efforts as well. So I think when you look at PR, you have to look at social as kind of the extension of PR. How do you use that to extend the message that you've already put out there? And then as far as measurement goes, you should use social to gauge things like, um, is it uh, engaging content? Is it stuff that is driving people to take action, like click or read more or go back to your website because you can actually get some positive or negative indicators um, through social media that you can't get through traditional media sources. Yeah, and I think um, thinking about, you know, how how you demonstrate value and, you know, part of this campaign was about understanding how PR is perceived by senior leadership, so CEOs and the board. And the reason I found this statistic quite jarring in a way is that I think if one of the main challenges that PR professionals and comms professionals have is demonstrating the value of a PR program to the board, well, one of the problems I can see is that you're using social media engagement to measure it and expecting them to understand what that means. That's not going to show, you know, how you're helping the business grow. Okay, if you define at the start of a campaign that one of your objectives is to boost social media engagement, then that's great. But I don't think saying to your to a CEO, you know, look, this post got 100 likes on LinkedIn, that's our most ever. They're probably going to sit there and think, okay, great. What, what does that mean? On the flip side of that, I think that anecdotal evidence that you can get from social media can be quite good. And so I had an example recently of a CEO who shared an article that he was in and a prospect that he had been having a, a sales conversation with actually commented on it and said, you know, this was a really interesting point, loved this bit. And you sort of think, well, that's, that's, that's actually quite useful because then we can go back and listen to that and think, okay, so that prospect like that bit, um, this messaging is resonating. So let's make sure we do with that. So using social media as a testing bed to make sure that your campaigns and your messaging is resonating, I think can be really useful. But just basing it off, okay, we got 50% more likes on this campaign than we did the last campaign. So we're moving in the right direction. That's great, but it doesn't really mean anything. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have that kind of link to growth and show that you're resonating with your desired target audience. And it's not showing necessarily long-term impact at all. It's just, again, back to the like immediate gratification. Social has a lot more just quantifiable stuff that you can attach a number to. And that makes PR people want to do that because it means here's more things we can report against. And I think that that's dangerous because you're not necessarily actually reporting on on the um, impact of your activities. You're reporting on the impact of the social on your activities. So, um, so yeah, I do think that you know it's it's important to show how social is helping to amplify your message, but they're not the same thing, and I don't think that they should be bucketed into the same social success equals PR success metric. 
So if social media engagement isn't the most successful way to measure PR, Becca, what would you say is the best way to measure PR? What does success look like? And what have you been doing at Aludo that's really helped you on your PR measurement journey? Yeah, um, I mean, I think that this is, it's a good question and it's constantly changing. And I think that my best answer for that is always understanding what are the goals of the business. And I have said this 12 times in this um, podcast already, but I think that there's nothing more important than being flexible with what your goals are from a communication standpoint um, to make sure that they are aligned to the exact goals of the business. Like literally, what are the top three things that this business is trying to do? Is it drive revenue, hire new people and you know, acquire new companies. If those are the things, how do you align your goals to those things? So um, as far as metrics, um, links back to the website. I think that is something that um, it it's a good metric to have because it um, can, it is a quantifiable um, number that you can then send back to your leadership team and say, look, um, this is not the whole picture. This is just a slice of the impact that this is having on this type of audience. So you can go and show in a very specific way, this message is resonating with this type of audience. Um, using the so social metrics, as we talked about, um, share a voice. How does that play into it? Um, all of these things, again, like I don't want to make a blanket statement because for me, for my company, share a voice is much less important than um, uh, thought leadership and, and getting our um, executive voice out there to talk about um, the future technologies, for example. Um, the basic metrics that you um, tend to have, quantity of of media, quality of media, and then the sentiment. Our team spends a lot of time actually looking at the quality of media and the sentiment of that media so that we can understand what is driving our coverage. Is it product news? Probably not. Is it thought leadership? And if it is, what, what is driving the news? So then, then we can tailor our programs in the future to those things. I think from... Um... From an agency point of view, um, completely agree with Becca. There's no one size fits all, you know, measurement. Um, but from an agency point of view, our briefs from clients are constantly changing. And, you know, sometimes I think clients aren't even aware that they're changing their brief or that their objectives have changed. So rather than have a framework for a successful strategy for measuring PR, an exercise that we do at Champion that, you know, we get all of the account teams to do every month what is the client's why you know why are we doing the things that we're doing this month and if the team can't answer that then they shouldn't be doing it and the reason that's so important is because you know sometimes you might present a client with um a whole host of amazing opportunities you know you might say okay here's a national publication they want to interview interview you on this but the client could turn around and say we don't want to do that because actually we're trying to break into the education sector we want to speak to education technology you need to understand the clients why so what are the clients business objectives um, and how how can we what we do tie into those business objectives so every month we have to make sure that we're refreshing what is the clients why this month what is the context um, and then the measuring strategy just fits into that context 
we make sure that we're adapting and we're fitting into that context. But if we don't know why, we shouldn't do it. Yeah, and I think it's okay to have different metrics like than you had last year, right? Like maybe what you were measuring last year wasn't telling the full picture. And so you need to adjust that to measure this year. And I think that may be something that a lot of comms teams miss, or they might go from, you know, a communications or a PR leader might go from one company to another company and just track the same metrics they were tracking um, in their old job at their new job. And that just might not be um, what they should be tracking. I think a more succinct way of saying what I was trying to say before is that a mix of qualitative and quantitative metrics is where the magic is. Like there is some amount of anecdote and there is some amount of measurement that needs to happen. And what the mix of that looks like is different for every brand, for every program and for every moment in time for all of those programs. So I guess a well-rounded, um, view of your PR strategy in context of your larger communications and larger marketing strategy is how things um, should be reported back. Um, And I think one thing that is worth mentioning here is we're on the cusp with AI of maybe all of this changing. And I think um, I'm super excited. I mean, I'm also very nervous about the implications of AI, but I think from a communications leader standpoint, it's going to open a lot of opportunities for us to show our value in more tangible ways. And maybe we'll be able to track effectiveness through the funnel in a way that we weren't able to before. Maybe we will be able to attribute revenue directly to PR, but I certainly think it's going to open up um, a lot of doors as far as sentiment analysis and understanding our audience better and what messages are resonating as well as giving us um, new tools just for measuring overall. Yeah, I think as a final point, I would say that um, I'm, I'm quite excited about the AI hype with regard to measuring PR, purely because a lot of the tools that are available to measure PR right now just, just aren't good enough. And they're so manual and they're so hard to use and it's so arduous um, that, you know, if, if, as Becca says, there's an AI tool that can measure brand sentiment, that would make all of our lives easier. Well, I think that's the perfect place to leave it. And we'll have to come back and talk more about using AR to measure PR later down the line. But Becca and Harry, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. And thank you to our audience for tuning in. Click the link in the description box to find out more about B2B PR for growth. And make sure you tune in every other week to the B2B Marketing Podcast as we continue our journey into PR. So thank you and goodbye.